welcome if you're listening on iTunes and hello, welcome if you're listening on our YouTube channel, Nadis Waller and Family, where if you want to see us, you can head over there and you can actually see us as well as hear us. You can see me do this. And this. <laughs> or this. <laughs> we also have a parenting podcast, Confessions of a Modern Parent. So check that one out. Uh, yeah. That's really starting to grow. We haven't done loads of them, but it's really starting to grow. I think people are really loving that. Yeah, and we've got lots of other podcast action coming as well. We've also got our Popcorn Junkies, for those movie fans out there, Popcorn Junkies, the Popcorn Junkies movie reviews has also gone on the podcast. Now, what we love is we want to create a little family of podcasts so that you feel like you've got all sorts of different content. We're going to do one about ethics called The Only Way is Ethics soon. I know we've been talking about it, I've just been so busy. But uh, yeah, do go. But when you go, can you put lots of five stars and lots of nice comments? Only if you feel, you only if, feel Obviously, five, only if you feel it's five star worthy. If you feel it's one star worthy, don't put anything, for God's sake. Well, no, I um, mean, I think people should just put <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But, um, but I mean, you know, we hope there's unpretentious, accessible and relatable and realistic chat about film, relationships and parenting. I think they're three things that are very important to all of us. So today's podcast... Oh, by the way, we're not going to excuse any noises because some people have said, can you not excuse noises? Why? Because it's boring to listen to us excusing noises. So now we've done it. Well, I've got to excuse the dryer, because yeah. what if this is the first time somebody's listened so, to a to podcast? So that person who commented on, can you please stop telling us what about the noise? We've now spent a minute already on it. <laughs> okay. Um, what are we talking about today? Right, so today we our podcast is entitled, If We Hadn't Got Married We Would Be Dead. Bloody hell! <laughs> we don't so half bring funny. you content, don't we? Because Mark, we were thinking about it and we were, we were sitting there going... Is that, does that sound like an interesting enough title? And we thought, what have we become? That, well, like, if, if we say that... Well, I think well, it was a sentence that Nadia said the other day, actually, and, and we're, we're both in the process of working on a play that's based on our marriage, and um, we've got a number of actors interested in it. And, uh, and within that play, there was a line where we, you said, you know, well, if we hadn't had kids... And if we hadn't got we'd married, either dead we'd either divorced. be dead or divorced. I said, right, that's getting in. That's a good one. Um, and uh, it's true, though. We were thinking about it this morning. If we hadn't got married, we would probably be dead. But what do we mean by that? What do you mean by that? Oh, my God. I mean, when I think about how emotionally and physically unwell I was, mm. um, when, when Mark and I met... Just writing notes. I think it was three or four years after my first husband had died. Right. And to be honest, after he died, there was a lot of chaos in my life. Hmm. There was a very unhealthy relationship with somebody. There was a lot of drink, a lot of drink and a lot of late nights. And I was not dealing with my grief I hadn't been dealing with my grief at all. Mm. I'd just been, I'd been drinking on it, as they would say in, in AA, wouldn't it? I'd been drinking on that. But even before that happened, um, but even before my first husband died, all my life, I have been somebody that is either all shit or all sugar. I'm out and I'm just like having the most amazing time and I'm like super confident and I just can wake up and be the happiest person on the planet no mm. matter what happened. 
or I retract and I'm quite dark and I'm quite, and I like to isolate. And I used to isolate a lot when right. I was growing up. My God, I mean, more than you even actually know, Mark. I've never even told you really that much right. about it. I was a proper what isolator. What age are you talking about isolating? Oh God, all the way through my, my, my young teens. and Twenties? Probably even as a child, I would be like the centre of everything mm. or just like not answering the phone or not wanting to see anybody or not wanting to talk to anybody. Gonna have to shut so, the door because that's gonna keep going. Mark's gonna have to go and turn the dryer off. It's Sorry. Like it's like we've never learnt to turn, turn the dryer off. So, you know, I was really, I was really very unhealthy right throughout my life, but I always had, I always had this like desire. So I grew up with very healthy uh, mum and dad who ate brilliantly. My eating was really chaotic. I binged it, I dieted. I was, I was actually, I'm so surprised this is all coming out from this podcast. Right? I know, how, what was the title on this again? If I, I hadn't got married, I would have died. Right, okay, it sounds like, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, if you hadn't got married, well, you're certainly heading towards an early death. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I grew up with it, with great role models. My dad always did yoga and walked and exercised. My mum was an amazing cook and cooked amazing mm. food. And then as soon as I was in control of my own food, I did a lot of really extreme dieting. And then I ate chaotically. And then for years, I ate absolute rubbish. It's funny, though, because you always come back eventually, I think, to the truth, which mm. we'll get to. We, we, you eventually get back to what your parents did originally teach you, and we'll get to that later. I hope in the podcast. I don't go up to what my pet mother was teaching me. <laughs> no, we don't want you <laughs> Magic back. mushrooms and acid. <laughs> and fish in a bag. And fish in a Boiling bag. In a bag but not taken out the bag. <laughs> go on. I'm pleased you came back to your parents. Yeah, so just because just we talk a lot about how Mark, you know, Mark was the alcoholic and Mark was mm. this and Mark was Yeah, that. this is really refreshing to hear, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I was an extremely unhealthy... It's to hear you're a complete fuck-up as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, the early days of Loose Women, 20 years, we're, we're celebrating the 20 mm. years anniversary. I was... I was... I An was addict. the crazy one. Yeah, yeah, I no, was I the know. one that was going out, drinking till three o'clock in the morning and then doing... I was a lot younger then, so it didn't show. You have night stands. Mark, please don't just <laughs> stop. <laughs> No, I uh, wasn't. I believe you're the person uh, that did that. I was just getting a cheap thrill. Yeah, but it's disgusting. <laughs> no, go on, go on. So you were the party animal. Don't it? Isn't that so annoying in a marriage when you're saying something and somebody just totally no, doesn't listen to you and no, says I something completely to you. different? I'm totally listening. I'm you know, fascinated. Well, I'm not a one night stander, and why would you say it? Because it's funny. Go on, go on. Well, no, because I no, you were no, you were saying you were the self-appointed in a sense and anointed party animal. That's how I. That's how I had a sense of you when I first met you. I was either the party animal, but I was a funny party animal because I always got myself home and I didn't have blackout and I knew what I was doing. Mm, so mm. it was like, it was like I would come out of my isolation and then I would be something and then I would retract back mm. to it because I was too exhausted. But I would just be too exhausted. Still a bit like like that. I couldn't go out five nights in, in five mm. nights in a week. You know, I wasn't that sort of party animal. Yeah. Maybe two nights in a week that would be it. Anyway, cut a long story short. No, don't. I so, like a long story. So, all right, because I feel like I'm talking. No, no, no. Much. Don't time yourself out. Don't you love it when she actually when I shut up and let you speak? Speak. So. Yeah, so then I was in EastEnders and then that was, you know, so for a long while I was a jobbing actress that was like, I was out on the road doing theatre tours and that sort of stuff. Loved it. Didn't drink so much because I was really broke and anyway, that, that got my big break, which was EastEnders. 
and then of course so you're I going the first back. time this I had money the first time yeah. I had real right. money and was yeah really unhappy in that job and everything and anyway so I spent a lot of time partying again um then there was the tragic loss of my first husband And then after that was, you know, chaos, real chaos, real chaos. So I was very unhealthy spiritually and physically, but very unhealthy spiritually mm. as well. Mm. And do you remember when we first met, even though I really liked you, I was really like re reluctant to get into it. Do you remember? Mm. Yeah. Kept saying, oh no, it's not right and it's not... And even though we, we actually were like married four months late. I was going to say, I, mean, I must have lasted <laughs> Maybe in the three first days. Two hours. You, must, you must have been resistant for at least an hour. Um, yeah, because I didn't feel health. I'd really said to myself, because I'd just come out of a really bad relationship, and I was like, I'm really going to just be on my own. I need to just be on my own. And, and probably that was the right thing. I should have probably been on my own. Sorry. But, and this is where the... If we hadn't got married, we would have died. But actually, getting together with you and then getting pregnant, mm. getting pregnant, of course, made me go, Jesus Christ, okay, mm. all that's gone before has to stop. You mm. know, I can't be. And I'm just so different. I was such a different person since, mm. since getting pregnant with Maddie because it was like, I've got this child and I've got to look after him and I immediately stopped drinking. And then it became clear to me that you, because we were drinking that same amount almost, not, not completely together. Um, and then, and then I, I was pregnant and then you were still drinking and then blah, 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 blah. And then I think that was the beginning of us try, of us saving our lives, I think mm. really. It mm. was... If, if I hadn't have got pregnant, we probably would have both died. We probably would have just mm. gone crazy on the alcohol. Um, it was simply because I happened to be carrying the baby that mm. it was me that had to stop drinking first. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm a heavy drinker, but I am not an alcoholic. I think there's a, there is a big difference between that because Mark would drink. I mean, you would just... You well, could just drink so much. Well, it just, was so worrying. And it was about a year in yeah. that I realised that you weren't just a heavy drinker or a partier, you were mm. an alcoholic. Mm. And then that's when my real fear... Well, actually, my real fears for your health started within weeks of us being together because Mark, we'd go out on dates and Mark would be lying in bed. Mark would make me take his pulse. <laughs> and I would pretend that I was taking his pulse. Because I, and it was, we were weeks into our relationship and I said you do realise I don't know what I'm doing when I'm taking your pulse. And he'd be like, and he was like, what? I could have been dying. I just, I was preemptively knowing I needed a Fitbit. No, you were a you were the, bad You were the first Fitbit. I remember, really I, I mean, I won't go into too much lurid detail, but I remember after a, a moment of passion, I remember lying in bed, looking down at my body. And I remember vividly thinking, I'm not going to survive past 40. Mm. Five? How old was I when I met you? Mm. I, was, I was 32, 31. I thought, I'm not going to get past 40. I remember, I remember looking at my body and thinking, I'm not going to survive. Because, you know, I mean, I, I was relatively all right. But I, I just remember thinking, feeling the limitations of my physicality. And I knew that drinking... And it's right. I mean, 
I think if we hadn't, if you hadn't fallen pregnant, or there had been a, a clear signal very early that you weren't able to have have children, I think our drinking would have rumbled on towards all sorts of self destruction of the relationship, but also ultimately self destruction. I'd certainly certainly would have died. And I think because you had to stop because of the pregnancy, of course, the fog of war or the fog of drunken war. Uh, was removed, and you could just see me for 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 what I was. I mean, you know, you yeah, had enforced sobriety. Really, I didn't really fully know you were an alcoholic till she was about three or four months old. But but because we've talked a lot about alcoholism, haven't we? On, on but it's social really... media. But but it but it, but it wasn't. It, my fears for your health weren't just about alcohol. Mm. I mean, and why we thought this would be quite a good podcast to do is. I think it's a, it will resonate with a lot of people when one of you is healthy or healthier than the other one. Mm. And I do actually think we're very blessed now that we both we both struggle terribly mm. with trying to be healthy, but we're both struggling. We both want it. Mm. We really want it. Because, but some people, when you've got somebody that just won't exercise... No, I agree. Them. I think that's looking forward. But I mean, in terms of where we were at, going back to that point, so g g g harking back to the title, if we hadn't married, you'd have died. What would your journey have been if we hadn't met and got married? Well, I mean, obviously, one can't know. I know it's but, a total hypothetical. But, but what's your sense? Hypothetically, I could tell you, I would have. I would, I would have, have carried on drinking. Right. I would. We. I would have matched you. I would have come up to your level of drinking. Yeah. I think because we we had we were so ill in our souls that we would have had to have kept. We would. I think we what we would have been was those really saddo alky couples, you know, who were like. Middle class, like mm. holding down a job, but drinking two bottles of wine, mm. lying to ourselves that we were drinking one, mm. going into work feeling a bit fucked, but just getting on with it. Been the life like of solo having parties, a terrible rouse all the time. Having a terrible row, but then making up with another couple of bottles of wine. I think that's, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of almost living the life I never lived. <laughs> what having yeah. breakfast at all, pal? One or oh, ham and eggs? Oh, God. Of reality. No, 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 like, I would be drinking so much more if you were drinking. Yeah. My drinking is curtailed because you don't drink. Mm. I mean, well, you know, there is no Sunday... There's no popping open a bottle of wine. Yeah. I never open a bottle of wine, do I? Unless no. I've got people around. Just never happens. Yeah. We would be drinking wine every single night. We yeah. wouldn't be exercising because we'd feel so shit the next day. Yeah. But, but, but aside from alcohol, the things that... Oh, sorry. <laughs> So you see, this is why we do usually put an apology at the beginning for the sounds because we don't ever edit the podcast um, and because we film it in our own home. And so sometimes the postman arrives. Um, yeah, so it wasn't just, it was the sickness in our souls <clears throat> because I really do believe you can look up, you see people, don't you, that, um, that work out and, and like diet and they're lean as lean could be and I look at them and I think you are not well because unless you're looking after your spirit as well and that's what I find really hard with you yeah I find that your sadness and loneliness which we are going to do in more detail in another podcast worries me as much for your health as as anything else you know mm. well I think okay okay you've talked quite a bit so in terms of 
It's really nice to hear you talking about the trajectory you were on mm. coming into this relationship because I think it's too often easily forgotten and masked in our relationship today. Just the extent to which you have, all, have and had all of your own issues around the tragic loss of your ex-husband, um, a lot of other terribly traumatic things that happened to your family and that you had to, you know, in a sense, manage and, and firefight. And all those things, how they interplayed within you as something that's very much your story. And I'm sort of, uh, you know, I feel a bit sort of like this is an important moment, a bit of a water, uh, uh, what is it, a watershed moment? Um, because rarely do we get the space or the time to talk about that. And I, I, I take responsibility for that because I'm such a fucking heaving mess of open sort of emotion. I, I recognise that on the one hand there's a huge benefit to that because it means that one can be lifted by me, but on the other it can be very demanding. And, I, you know, and I'm, I, I keep trying to work on that and I'm apologetic for that. But at the same time, just hearing you talk like that, it was really nice to stop and listen. It made me think that another podcast we should do is about listening because you know, just hearing you say all of that, just because things have stopped or drink has reduced and, and lifestyle choices have shifted and we've matured, and you're right, we are trying to make the right decisions, though we struggle with it at times. I think all that stuff is, is still there. All that stuff is in you. All that stuff, there's a lot of unresolved shit that, like many things in life, actually, I don't believe in therapizing everything. Some things are unresolvable. Some things need to be left as they are, unfinished. Some things need to be as jagged and as painful as they are to revisit. Grief is a classic example. For me, grief never gets less. The grief of your ex-husband dying. You know, the loss of someone or, or the, the loss of innocence of an experience or something, when you go to it, the heat of it is the same. And the reason I'm banging on about all of oh, that sorry, is... sorry, I just felt a bit faint. Oh, God, don't die in the podcast. <sighs> Hang on a minute. Marriage is going to... I know whether it's just emotions. Oh, my God, is it? It's right. Oh, Jesus Christ, I killed you. I killed you with words. Have I talked too much? No, God, no, no. I was listening to you, but I just suddenly felt like I was going to pass up. We might I'm change right. the title to this, How Marriage Killed Me. I thought you were going to die in the podcast. I was die just then. There's a headline. Just, Nadia dies recording podcast. I just started to just go, oh my God, I'm going to pass out. Well, maybe I was boring you, sorry. No, no, no. I think I was just holding my breath. Sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. Maybe it's because I'm saying something that you haven't... Maybe it's because it's a conversation we've rarely had, really. Where we've sat here and said, are you all right? Are you going to die? No, I'm okay. I feel like you're going to die. No, I'm not. It's all right. I look so selfish if I carry on talking whilst you die. <laughs> so dark. So dark. I mean, what if I come to the split screen and you're not in it? Are you holding shot? You're shaking the table. Sorry. You've got the shakes. <laughs> I'm joking. Go on. Do you need to have a glass of water? No, I'm fine. Um... It's interesting to hear how your trajectory, what I'm trying to say is, your trajectory was as damaging and as life-threatening in its own way, long-term, as I think we always quite quickly and sort of, it's almost the currency of saying, oh, well, if Dad hadn't stopped, he'd have been this. So I look at, you know, I look at a drunk on the street and I go, oh, it could have been me. There's lots of what-ifs which I look at or, you know, extreme depression. I think, I think if you looked at it like... You were in, at the stage of where you needed the firefighters in. Yes. Whereas my embers were like picking yeah. up. I think that would be the difference yeah. between us. And it was just... So whilst you I think though everybody, we got married so early and we looked like... It, nobody would have thought we would have survived it. But maybe these two um, beautiful disasters in a way. Beautiful disasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that phrase. Yeah. Did actually... Did actually 
work. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd characterise our, our marriage as a beautiful disaster. We are limping a lot. Or a disastrous beauty. I don't know. We are only limping. We are only limping. But the other thing is, is that I do, I mean, I don't know whether this is too loaded a thing to say. I mean, I mark my life with three major occurrences that shifted whether I would live or not, or how I would live or whether I would die. When I split with Izzy's mum, it wasn't Izzy that caused this, the split, I split with her mum, not with Izzy. And that moment nearly killed me spiritually for many, many years to this day, it rumbles on. When Maddie was born, she essentially saved my life again because at that point, it was an opportunity encapsulated in Maddie and everything that meant about us as a moment for change. And I go back to, you know, the, the moment I decided to get sober was I, I, did, I could not go through what I went through with Izzy again. Mm. I, I mean, not, not, not being sort of, you know, I'm not being sort of dramatic. I literally couldn't. It would, it, would, it would finish me off. And my life was chaotic at the time of Maddie. It was all over the place. All sorts of shit could have kicked off if I hadn't, you know, tried to intercept so many things. And so, you know, in the, in the simplest of terms, marriage, actually marrying you and getting married saved my life. But yeah, you're now talking about how does one maintain that? Our concerns for each other now are very different. They are, yeah, yeah. About how we don't die. Because let's face it, one of the... good. You know what's good about this podcast is we're talking about it. Because I wake up every day worried about all of our health, my whole family, you know. Yeah. Every day. I mean, I never... I, if I could just have a day's rest from something, it would be a day's rest from that. Because I have health anxiety about everyone. I think some of that comes from the guilt of many years of chaos and bad eating and over-drinking. So I always feel like... I'm going to get paid back for that, you know, and smoking and... But do you feel... Do you feel and yeah. fags and, and I just think, oh my God, what if my children suffer my bad mm. years and mm. they have to watch me ill or watch you ill? So I, I am panic-stricken all the time about getting healthier. But actually it's really good having this podcast because we've actually come so bloody far. We have, but do you still, would you characterize our relationship as you have the burden or you feel you have the larger burden of responsibility for looking out for the welfare of us in this marriage? Yeah, for the health, yeah. For the health, I mean, in, because it was interesting. Yes. I mean, the kid, you will, you still, the other day I came in and again, you've bought the worst sliced turkey you could possibly get, which I've told you five million times is carcinogenic. And I come in and go, what do the kids have for lunch? Oh, a I, turkey sandwich. No, but you say that like I've gone to buy them carcinogenic no, no, ham. I no, haven't. But it's that sort of thing that gives right. me anxiety because right. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, so they had nothing, essentially. They had no nutrients all day. Mm. And... And you have no, you hardly eat any vegetables and you hardly, <laughs> it is exhausting. Yeah. And, and you've eaten salmon nearly every day for the whole time I've known you, knowing it's packed full of mercury. So it's all these things mm. that I just, yeah, I get really anxious. I really worry about how much mercury you've had. I really worry about the Diet Coke for years. You had like 15 cans of Diet Coke. So I worry about those things because I don't want you to die. Well, and I worry about your adrenal glands and the amount of stress that you have. And I just, because you're always at this level, and I just mm. think, what if you have a bloody heart attack? Well, funnily enough, being at the physio yesterday, and I didn't share this because I didn't want to in front of the girls yesterday, but the, the thing, when she asked about my blood pressure, and I've got this, I'm labouring with this, it is, a, it is a ligament pull, twist or something in my chest. But she did say, she said, unfortunately, at your age, she said, we have to discount 
all manner of potential heart problems. Now, there were certain elements to the pain that she was asking certain questions that I couldn't wholeheartedly say weren't the symptoms of the something. And I could see her looking increasingly concerned at one point. No, no, no. Well, I started to have a panic attack with her. And I, the funniest thing, this is quite comedic though. So I was standing with this very attractive Kiwi woman. And as she was asking me these questions, my heart rate was getting faster and faster. And I said to her, I said, I'm, I'm getting quite panicked. And she said, are you feeling like you're having an episode, sir? And I'm, I thought, they're going to bring the crash squad. This is reality. This no, happen now. No, they're saying, no. And I, as I said, she said, you are of the age, sir, with heart failure in your family, where we have to take these matters. She said, the pain you're, the pain you're suggesting with the direct line from there to the shoulder blade a is a direct attack. symptom of you. a certain ventricle. So she went through the ventricles and the atriums, and I was like, you are joking me here. She said, oh, yeah. She said, very fit men who run and do all sorts of triathlon fall dead. And she said, their complaint is breathlessness, which I have. And a so, so anyway, so she got me to so do all, annoying. No, no, so she got you me to do You lived with this for five days, I told you to go to the doctor. So she got me to do all those things. And then I thought, I was reminded, I was thinking, my God, why, why, why do men, why do men, and is it, a, is it a male thing? Why do men just choose to look at the problem and the problem's like, bam, right there I in your face? I did this on the show the other day. If you'd have died from a heart attack, I would have killed you. Right. Because I told you for five days to go and see that scene, mm. get that scene to a pain going through to the shoulder. What did I say? No, I know. This is the sort of thing that I find really hard. Right. Like the symptoms. Do you think like that's selfish? Way, like, you know the amount of times I say to you, is there any way you could just get more of a regular time yeah. to sleep? Do you know yeah. why I say that? Because I read all this stuff about health. It is so important for like strokes, anti-stroke and heart and all of this. No, I get, yeah. cardio rhythm. All this stuff is a thing. The human body is such a finely tuned piece of kit. But we've just called this, if we hadn't got married, we'd be dead. But by the sounds of it, we are married and I'm going to die. God, I feel like I'm going to bloody die. Well, here's the thing, but isn't this the problem? Do you think a lot of women get ill because they're constantly worrying about looking after their fellas? I think women do look after themselves better, but maybe, maybe it's because... I don't know, maybe it's because we read more magazines, we read more, there's a lot more written for women's health than there is men's health. And because because we have to see professionals more often because of periods, because of right. contraception, because of having babies. So, sure. you, so like you get, you get pregnant and you start reading everything. I mean, I, it, for me, it is a hobby as well because I am fascinated at the way our body works. I'm just amazed with what how you well, can change. You can suddenly start drinking two litres of water a day mm. and you suddenly have enormous energy. And there's people just slobbing around mm. life, just exhausted, thinking they're dying. And all they need is a good night's kip and two litres of water. Do well, you think it's amazing? I do think it's amazing, but I think you're also slightly pointing towards what neatly we're segueing to, and pointing towards what our next podcast will be, which is I think the reason women are better at it is because the vast majority of women have broader and more honest and open social circles within mm. which to share this stuff and check stuff out with each other. You know, women will talk about uh, their bodies with each other in a way that men just won't. I mean, men... when I think about when we're sitting in the makeup room, which is one of my favourite parts of the day when, I, when I'm doing loose swimming, because we're just a group of women, we're all chatting away about everything. Every single day, we, somebody comes in with some story, a positive story, they're not like my sisters, um, where they'll say, oh, have you heard that such and such? Have you tried this? This is really good for information. Mm. This is really good. And that's just part of yeah, yeah, our... Yeah discussion every day mm. and I just don't think men discuss no. like that no I got dragged into a conversation about the cricket at the post office yesterday uh and within three minutes and we'll talk about this when we talk about loneliness and social circles with men 
not only bored, I mean, I would, have, I would have done anything to escape the building. I mean, I wanted to escape faster than you could have. I, I just couldn't get out of there fast enough. As I speak much. Anyway, so are we saying that we're going to die? I, I feel shit. like I'm having a heart attack. I'm not kidding you. My I, chest I pain don't is... feel right. I've got a tingling on the back of my neck. Don't. What if you have a stroke? Oh, Mark, please don't. Can we end this podcast soon? Please, honestly. I need Darling, to go and breathe out. I'm breathless. Where's my inhaler? Please subscribe to the channel. We hope there'll be another one, but we might not make it. <laughs> we might not make it. Anyway, I hope this Thanks has been everybody. vaguely informative. Bye. Bye. <laughs>